So welcome to the app, guys. It's uh, Coach Strassman here with, uh, with John Coleman and Paul Kenny, as always. And uh, today we want to talk about a, a topic that's definitely hitting our industry. Um, it's online training, online coaching, especially right now. I mean, uh, guys, is there a little something going on right now that, uh, you know, is changing the, the, the climate of the country right now? You feeling anything? Yeah. Um, coronavirus. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't go anywhere without it, right? And it's, it's COVID-19, right? Is that what this is, Paul? Do I have that right? Yep. And there's this uh, thing that I, I believe they're saying that everyone should be doing. It's this uh, social distancing. Did I finally get this one right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So apparently that's like the, the, the thing that you can do. It's one of the, the contributions that you can make to make sure that the virus doesn't spread on. Um, and as coaches, uh, none of us have a gym that's actually open right now, that, or at least open to the public. So we've had to be a little bit more crafty when it comes down to keeping our clients in shape. So um, I, I want to turn you guys right away over to, to John Coleman. Cause for John, you said about six months now you've been doing online coaching. So you were already a little bit prepared for this and you have an app that you use that kind of thing. Yes, sir. So um, yeah, for about six months, I've been doing online training um, just like dabbling in it. But then on January 1st, like literally January 1st is when I started my own business and, um, and then I, I made that a leg of my business. So I do in-person training and I do online training. And then I also do what I call hybrid training in which kids train, train with me like one or two times per week. And then the rest of the days uh, they train at home. So that's a pretty good model as well. And that's so great. that's actually the only one that I've ever really been involved with. I've never been good at doing the just strictly online work. I, like I've I don't have that, that person out in Idaho who like has trained with me for years, but I've never seen him. Yeah. But, uh, but at the yeah. same time I've done that model and it seems like it's really effective. Yeah. So the key with the online training, um, is making sure that you don't just give exercise demos but you also spend time to create videos. I call them detail videos, which you go over things in super, super detail. It's not gonna be the same as you training someone in person. It's never gonna be that, but at least you're getting really, really into detail and they can, you can sort of throw cues out in the videos. And I always encourage my online uh, clients to continue to watch those detailed videos. And if I find new cues, I'll redo those videos. You know what I mean? So. That sounds great. So can you give us an example of one? Uh, detail videos? Yeah, like give me a, give us an exercise and then what you would do in the detail video for the exercise. Um, so in particular, one of the most butchered ones, and it sounds funny, is um, the bench press, like the regular old dumbbell bench press. Like sure. no, no one really understands how to like stabilize the scaps on the bench. Like everyone's pretty uh, rounded forward, so they're not really getting into a good chest stretch at the bottom like that's a big one um uh lat pull downs i uh program those sometimes for for uh, kids that can't do chin-ups just yet that's another butchered one so it's just like teaching the kids like exactly what i want and, and the thing is i have to shoot different angles so you might need a cameraman or you might have to reshoot videos like from different angles as well so um it's all sure. about the angles and and then using the right wording um, yeah, and it's just giving them, I guess, a better picture of what it is that you want to happen during the exercise. Yeah. Because the worst thing yeah. that you can do is you can have someone spend their time on an exercise, and then it turns out they're not getting <clears throat> what you and they want from the exercise, right? Right. And another key thing 
is feed, uh, video feedback. So I tell them on each set, on each uh, exercise on your last set, send me uh, a video if you can of you doing it, right? And uh, that's, that's another- huge right there. Yeah, yeah, that's another. And the thing is, the true coach. And that's what your platform allows, right? So your platform right, allows right. them to send it directly back and forth instead of having to do something where maybe, you know, uh, someone who doesn't have that might be doing like Instagram or something, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's all about a, uh, picking a good platform. I use a couple of different platforms and true coach has by far been the most simplest and mm -hmm. like um, easiest to communicate with athletes, whether it's with video or through like tech. They even have a texting app uh, it's called uh, uh, Connect, right? And you can use it as a texting thing so you don't have to have a million texts come into your regular like iMessage. You can have it just come through that app. Or you can do, or yeah. you can use WhatsApp. WhatsApp is another easy way, so. Yeah, that's yeah. still something I haven't downloaded yet, but I had a, a client of mine who really wanted me to do it because she said that the picture and video transfer was way better on WhatsApp. Yeah, especially if you go Android to iPhone iPhone to yeah. iPhone, you can use iMessage, but iPhone to Android or vice versa, definitely right. use WhatsApp. Yeah. That's rough too, man. When you're actually trying to pass it back and forth through a text message, uh, it doesn't matter. Like I could have shot it with the best quality camera ever with an Android, but when it goes to the Apple, the people are always like, yo, your, your Android sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, you know? Yeah. It's just like they do not speak the same language. It just doesn't work. So, so one, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I want to hear that. Go ahead. I said, so one other thing that I've done, which was pretty cool, is I've actually FaceTimed someone during their whole session. So it's like I was like there, like my yep. face is there, but like I'm literally coaching them while they're doing it live. So that was actually cool. Um, I, that's hard. I, that's hard to do, but because you got to sort of time your schedule up with theirs, but it's actually pretty dude, cool. At that point, it's a session. That's exactly yeah. what I did. I remember running a session with a girl who moved out to California and I, my job was to just get her comfortable for a month. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we did a little online programming after that, but the, the real goal was just, you know, she just said, Hey, listen, we made a lot of progress. I want to be comfortable. And I remember the great thing for me was she wanted to train 6am for her and it meant 9am over here. So it really wasn't that hard for me. Cause that was, you know, that'd be an easy time for me to schedule. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty much Mondays and, uh, and Fridays. I'd be like drinking my morning coffee, watching her work out. And uh, yeah. that was kind of cool to do it that way. We actually did that through, believe it or not, it was, uh, it was Facebook, man. We did like oh. a Facebook live thing and uh, mm -hmm. it ended up working out really well. So actually, I think it was, a, it might've been through Messenger. It was, uh, it was Messenger and it was just like their little like video chat and that's how we did it. Yeah. But uh, it sounds like yours is, is definitely better for uh, passing videos back and forth. I think you great, gave some great, uh, recommendations there maybe they'll send us a, a hat or send you a hat for it yeah dude if any yeah if any here's the thing if anyone wants to use true coach hit me up because i'll send you a link we each get a 50 dollar credit when you sign up so that's pretty cool boom yeah. now uh still with us but being really really quiet is uh paul kenny so paul i know you write a whole lot of uh you write a lot of training programs so first off how many different groups do you see during the course of a day on an average day, we'll have five to six training groups starting at 3 p.m. after school, or we'll have a 2 p.m. for those who get out early, and the gym will conclude usually around 8 p.m. So on the hour, we'll get about five to six sessions in. Cool. Now, is this, uh, is this individualized training to a certain component, or is this uh, really just you have a specific group of individuals, and then you will make the adjustment where needed? 
No, it's completely customized uh, in order to gain access to the, the training groups and or to the facility of, of Marino's athletic performance. You have to go through a, a movement screen. You have to go through an assessment um, basically to get an understanding of your needs and your goals. Um, that hour-long assessment is kind of the, the chance for me to get to meet the athlete. And then from there, you're provided a customized training program that's based off either two days, three days, or four days a week. Uh, from there, you will be inside of a group of 12 athletes at max. Um, we have a one coach to six athlete ratio. But the idea is your program is built for you. The, the workout, the exercises, the rep range, the tempo, everything used within the program is built for you. But I put you in a room with competitive athletes, and that draws the best out of you. The best thing you can do as a coach, and actually for me the most fun thing, is just to put the athletes in an environment and then step back and watch. Because yeah. athletes just go at it. They just mm -hmm. compete. And, um, but, yeah, but as far as those groups go, it's about 12 athletes per group. Um, and we're running about six sessions a day. Now it'll be about 12 sessions a day in the summer. That's great, man. So here's a question for you. So you have this awesome environment and that's, you know, I think we all kind of agree that having group training makes sense. That's what I do. I do a ton of group training. Um, and I can definitely say that when you're in these environments with other people, not only does it hold you more accountable, but also it adds a fun factor to it. And I think that's important, but here we are, uh, you know, we have this crisis going on and we have to look at things and say like, all right, well, you know, we want to make sure that, uh, our athletes have the opportunity to be successful and continuously move and train, not lose progress, but also like let some burn, like let some of that steam off too, that kind of thing. You know, I think a lot of us want to like, we want to exert ourselves. We want to, we want to actually like do something physical. It just feels good. So for someone like yourself who has like this really awesome facility that, you know, you have everything at, how do you, break training down so that these kids can do things at home, especially if they don't happen to be, you know, the few rich kids that you'll train who have everything, you know, how do you break it down in a way that allows them to do these things at home? That's the one thing that in looking at how John does his online programming that I realized I had to transfer everything to online just to give these kids an opportunity to continue working out and continue, like you said, letting off that energy, burning off that energy but um what you learn quick is there's not much you can do with programming online without equipment in terms of upper body pulling or you know you can't get that creative or individualized so what we did is we basically developed a online workout of the day that's going to be based off you pushing yourself uh the one thing that i think every athlete needs to learn and know is you are not going to lose strength as fast as you think you are during this. In two weeks, three weeks, you're not going to lose the muscle mass. Like I have a kid who's panicking now. It's three days after he worked out. He's, he's in mass panic. He's like, my squat's going to go down. You're not going to lose strength that fast. It takes time. Now, if you took five Might months Might even be off, physically recovering if we look at it from that perspective. Your, your aerobic athletes are the only ones you have to really worry about losing it quickly. Yeah, and, and that's why I think it's more just redirecting. I'm redirecting a lot of kids to change their focus, kind of like Mike Boyle's buckets approach. I'm saying, look, we've been pouring all this juice into the strength bucket. Let's go towards speed now. Let's go towards muscular endurance. I think mm -hmm. John learned the hard way filming all those home yeah. videos. Fighting against your body weight can be tiring. It yeah. can be exhausting. So maybe it's a good thing to put the weights away a little bit right now, do some body weight push-ups, you know, raise the rep ranges a little and kind of see what it feels like to really push yourself to that limit. And at the same time, you know, 
you don't have to get up with buddies to go sprint as fast as you can. If you got a little clock or a timer or a stopwatch, you know, go out and run fast, rest, recover, and then run fast again. Cause that's the one thing that I see a lot of is athletes are like, I don't know what I can do, but sprinting is a great option. You know, max height, squat jumps, push up, you know, push-ups for as many as you can. Now's the time to use this kind of crazy training tools. Cause we don't have the, the fancy tools, but you know, see what your body can do. Yeah. yeah I, I love it, man. And I also think too, like, you know, just sometimes get real simple with it. I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, I, I find rhythm is huge, right? Like individuals that have like coordination, rhythm, balance, that kind of thing. And when we talk about runners, you know, I get some runners that are like kind of fast, but they don't have great footwork, but you ask them, you say like, all right, do you jump rope? And they're like, no, nah, nah, I don't have time or I never do it. Well, I think a jump rope is perfect for this time. You know, it's a great way to be able to um, improve coordination, um, improve speed, you know, obviously, you know, foot speed. And then I just think too, like there's a, a numerous options with it. You can do it more from an aerobic conditioning standpoint, if that's something you need to work on. If you're talking about working on, um, you know, being more explosive, you know, I remember Tony Holler was even recommending it. And he was saying like, you know, you do it, you know, the same way he says with running, you want to run uh, as fast as you can, right, you know? Um, and then, you know, rest as long as you can, that kind of thing, and, do, and then repeat. Well, I think you do the same thing with jump ropes, where you can just get them in there and try to go as fast as you can. As soon as you start to slow down, take a quick break and do that again. And I think that's, like, another one of those, like, real simple ones that we can do where, you know, I think you do that, I think you'll be in, in you know, at least your speed will go up. No, see, that's great because that's the one thing we talked about yesterday a little is I've been – I kind of put together a little home workout survival kit for my athletes. Um, it's about a hundred dollars Add a little, take a little off, depending what you get, but just, I sent links to mini bands, a stability ball, super bands, a med ball and a jump rope. I said, if you guys get these, then I can raise the exercise selection by 50 exercises, probably more. So just don't be afraid to, you know, give these tools to your athletes. I see a lot of trainers that are fearful that they're going to lose their, their client base. If they provide them exercises and tools and, you know, bands, but if that's the only thing that's selling your program, I think that's a problem. I think your relationship with the athlete or with the client, if you provide them something during this time, it's going to be mean a lot more to them. Um, oh, absolutely. And also, if you, I mean, you and I both know, like, what we're talking about doing is it's helping these athletes maintain what you've been able to help them build. But, you know, once this is done, like, that is not the best way to train right now. You're just trying to do like, you're just trying to make do right. You know, you're trying to triage it to a certain level and just make sure that the person doesn't, you know, doesn't lose fitness and also gets to explore an area of fitness that maybe they, they wouldn't have. I mean, I have to say this, you know, from doing, from doing more, like more things like Turkish getups, um, from doing more in the way of like, you know, um, the crawling patterns and things of that nature, I actually think I've increased some level of mobility that I might not have if I didn't take the time to go back in to do those things. So I think it's interesting. You know, it forces you to stabilize with different muscles. And I just feel like I have a better command of my body. So, and I think, again, it sounded like uh, John was in that same kind of position where he gets in there. He's like, damn, dude, you know, it's been a while, right? Yo, but remember you referring to that fashion. I think that comes back to that, bro. Comes back to that. I mean, that's a, theory, that's a theory, but I mean, I think there's some truth to that, you know? There is. It's just unlocking, you know, it's, it's this idea of like trying to connect everything together. And I really do think like when you, when you don't do certain movements, you, you almost like, 
it's almost like that area is like um like you have a map or whatever it is and it's like that area kind of blacks off a little bit like you can't see it like it's almost like an uncharted territory until you go back there again and then you have access to it so i don't know i was trying to give some kind of analogy for it but that's what it sometimes feels like you know that's why you lose that mobility because you're never there yo so you saw those sprint videos i put up you commented on it i did i was freaking sore i was freaking sore for two days i don't freaking sprint dude you know <laughs> so i was sore for two days man i sprint all the time but i'll tell you man when i when i extend some distance every once in a while like you know a, a lot of the distance that we have at the field house probably closer to like uh you know getting 10 yards 15 yard sprints when i get out to the field and i run like 40 to 50 yards full speed i do that like i'll do that with the dog a little bit and uh i'll definitely be doing that today too but you know, when you do that, like, I remember initially bringing that in there and like, I had, you know, muscles like, you know, inner thigh, quad, oh, you know, yeah. hamstring, just like, you know, it wasn't bad, bad, but it was like, you know, I don't normally feel that. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's how it goes. Uh, also, if you guys could see this right here, this is a little plyo oh, box I've been sitting okay. on. So we got the plyo right. set up. So I think there, there might be a little bit in the way of depth jumps that I'll be, uh, I'll be mixing in today too, which is another thing that I think like, you know, you have different variations of plyometrics that I think are, are really available. And it's a great way to think about it. Like we're talking three and four times our body weight. These are good exercises to, to mix in if we're trying not to lose some level of strength. Right. Yeah. I got a head yeah. nod there from Paul. You guys can't, that's a problem with the podcast that you guys can't see when Paul gives like his acknowledgement and all. <laughs> I, I agree with you. <laughs> Thank there's you. De- I appreciate there's, de- there's definitely different levels of the, again, of agility and speed work you can do. But I always tell athletes, if they're looking to improve conditioning, the best conditioning is currently what you're not doing. You know, mm-hmm. if you ride a bike all the time okay. and you decide to run, you're going to be sore and it's going to be hard. That's yeah. why the Versa climber here is everybody's worst fear when they start. But then by month three or four, they're kind of like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Because it's first climber is everyone's biggest fear because if you can avoid it, you will always avoid it. It sucks. There's nothing good about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you guys a story about uh, the first time I stepped on a Versa climber. I was in the Providence Bruins locker room. I just got back from Chipotle and they were installing it in the in the locker room in the weight room. And I'm literally yeah. fin- I'm finishing a burrito as I walk in, and these two guys are on the ground, just pale as ghosts. And I was like, "What are you guys doing?" They're like, "Oh, just 15 second sprints." I was like. I passed off the burrito to one of the strength coach guys there. And they're like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. I'm like, 15 seconds? I'll do this. Well, needless to say, that ended with my, my face in the toilet bowl throwing up for a little bit. But uh, it was a quick exposure to something my body was not ready for. That's oh, crazy, dude. Yeah, yeah, that that never, first climb is rough. I've actually never used it. Um, I used what's called the Jacob's Ladder before. Yep. Love them both. Yeah, Jacob's Ladder is great. Actually, Jacob's ladder was one of our punishments in college. Like if you I messed up it. or came late, yeah. one of our punishments. So. But I, I kind of like it. Do you like it at all? Like if you, if you could just kind of pick your own your own distance, like and and you go hard. I I think it's actually pretty easy on the joints. What the versa climber or the Jacob's ladder? No, Jacob's ladder. Versa climber actually is rough on on my knee. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say that it's easy on the joints and I totally disagree. Like I well, just for me, like I, I personally feel pain on the, on the, uh, the Versa climber, but the Jacob's yeah. ladder actually I can do and I don't feel any pain at all. I think it's because, especially as a taller guy, the, the Versa climber, you're using a lot of knee pull to get up to that uh, position. And yeah. 
I've heard that a lot from the basketball guys because everyone saw LeBron doing it. Everybody yeah. saw Ben Simmons doing it. Yeah. And they wanted to hop on it, but they were having knee pain. And everyone clarifies it almost as a non-contact conditioning. But if it's messing with the basketball player's knee, then let's not do it. <laughs> No, nah, that was the first thing I told people. I'm like, listen, you know, I, this is a, a piece that I've known about for, I mean, honestly, I, I've known about Joel Jameson stuff for about seven years, uh, and he was always doing videos on it. So about uh, a year after that, I got my first opportunity to use it and felt knee pain. And then uh, when we finally got one in the gym, I felt knee pain. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I just always make sure that they know that if they, they feel good with it, I have no problem putting them on it because I think it's a great piece. But you know, again, you just different, you know, different tools for different jobs. That that uh that Jacob's ladder was really cool because now I think it's like a little bit more of a natural pattern and it has a lot of that those crawling uh you know elements to it. But also there's um I don't know, man, there's just something about like that specific piece and having two or three athletes, you know, and it's kind of cool when like because it has like all these great numbers associated with it. So I think it's cool to be able to see how far someone like pulled themselves in 20 seconds and then the next person goes. And then, you know, just seeing like, just trying to keep that intensity up. I always thought that was a good one if you're, uh, if you have a group. Well, the one thing I noticed, like, and I also noticed this with things like the pitch chart, like, especially for me as a taller person, like my legs, you guys, I mean, Eric has met me, but my freaking legs are like 70% of my body. But like, um, the Jacob's ladder has more freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where the Versa climber looks like it almost like locks you into one plane. You know, it I really like does. That, yes. That stuff's never been good for me as a taller athlete. And then the pitch shark as well. So I'm like the pitch shark, like there's not much play with that. You know, um, even leg presses sometimes uh, mess with me. Um, like certain. Hey guys, just so you know if you're listening to this too. So, so John, you're six, four, right? Yeah, six four. Six and four and then say, like I said, and you I would got say seventy I would say seventy yeah. percent of my body is my legs. Like my torso is like super small. I'm like I'm, I'm six I'm six two and I'm 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 more normal that way. So I was gonna say like, you know, for me, uh I, the the Jacob's ladder gets me, but yeah, I don't think I have yeah. to worry. Oh no, Jacob's not too, the um first climber gets me, but yeah, yeah, I think as far as that goes, I'm definitely I don't know. I don't think I have to put as much uh, worry into it as you do, man. That's. Uh, I think John's, that's basi- John's basically saying that my head comes up to his hip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a giraffe or something or a, a horse legs. I don't know. Well, again, I think when we're talking about these, uh, <laughs> these great pieces of equipment, we also have to realize that none of, I don't think too many of our clients are going to have this stuff at home. So, you know, right. uh, as far as the, uh, as far as like the online stuff goes, you know, it's cool to be able to talk about all this great equipment that we have there. And then it's just like, you know, it's in its own way. I may be trying to take it back a little bit. You know, if we're trying to mimic some of those things, I think maybe if we're talking about a Jacob's ladder, you think doing, um, you know, maybe some crawling sequences, uh, some crawling yeah. laps or something like that might do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, crawling. You know, versa climber kind of similar, similar kind of patterning, similar kind of movement, but you know, yeah. to a certain level that we're talking about climbing. So maybe we're talking about steps for that. That might be a, yeah. another idea there. So yeah. you guys have some bleachers or some steps. Um, I always like steps as a wrestler, except for when it was thrown at me as a punishment. You know, that was that was usually a fun one there. Um, <laughs> so I guess the last thing I would get into. So John did a great job explaining what it was that he does when he's sending out these videos to his clients. And I guess what I'll say is this, if you're listening right now and 
you are a coach and you're looking to put videos out because you know you want to make sure that your clients can continue on with their training try to put the care out there um try to put the care into not only sending out you know a, a workout plan and maybe showing uh the videos themselves but you know giving a, a detailed account of what you want to see them do and and what to avoid what to you know what not to do you know i know that you know that's kind of the thing right like Online programming can be a real pain in the ass, honestly. You know, there's a lot that goes into having to write the program and then be able to shoot the video and then be able to send the right things. But if you're going to do this, like have that level of responsibility, right? Like don't just think like you send them a plan and you go like, all right, what we're going to do today is these five exercises. And then you're going to go like, well, if you have a kettlebell, you do kettlebell swings and then you do kettlebell push press. And then after that you do burpees and then you do uh, push-ups, and then after that, do like ten star jumps. Let me know what you think of that. Well, okay, but like, what could go wrong with that? I mean, there's a certain level of certain level of uh, danger if you just write these things up and you don't give any kind of uh, explanation for what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. And guys, am I off base with this? Now, going off that too, going off that too, what I do is with my online uh, clients, especially for these guys that's all of a sudden becoming online trainers, like you better have some kind of way you're going to assess these guys. So they either need to send you some kind of video of them going through some movements that you've come up with that's going to help you create programs um, or something like that. Like, for example, one of the videos I had every online client send me is an overhead squat from the front, the side, and the back. I want five reps of each, right? I just want to see how they yep. move, right? It's online, it's not gonna be perfect, but if at least if you can see how they move through some basic patterns, then you know uh, what may be some of their limitations. Another one, I just have them send me push-ups, right? A push-up can tell me a lot, like is his head sagging, is his hip sagging, um, is his scaps retracting early, like all kinds of stuff, like, it could tell me a lot. Um, if a kid uh, has a chin-up bar, I may, may, I may have him uh, do some chin-ups, like, just to show me, maybe you can't do a chin up. That, that that's a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I was so, gonna say. Well, here's my last question for you. So, what if during your assessment process you get the all of the above? Like they send the overhead squat, and this guy yeah. can barely bring his arm up over his head, right? Mm -hmm. You know, pretty much has like the thumb lined up with like the nose, right? It can't get yeah. any higher than that. He's falling forward. He's on his toes. His knees are going forward. The hips aren't even really bending, right? He's got the hunchback. <laughs> like, that, it's you, know. the, you would treat him the same way as an in-person client. That's why it's super important that you have details and it's super, the detailed videos. And it's super important that I literally have, dude, I have a thousand demos. Like I have every little exercise that you can possibly give someone because I want to be prepared for anything, right? Even so so I think what you're telling me, and that's great. I love what you're saying here. But I think what you're telling me is, you know, in a situation like that, you know, this guy sends this to you. He says, oh, hey, man, can you send me some stuff? If, he, if this happens and you didn't have that kind, of, that kind of library, you're saying before you would prescribe a workout for this person, you would shoot the videos necessary to have this guy do, say, the requisite mobility work you know, to yes, get sir. him into the position. Right. Yeah, so you so would actually, of, so yeah. So you'd yeah. show him how to lacrosse ball those shoulders, right? Oh, you'd yeah, show yeah, him yeah. how to foam roll those lats, right? And I feel like if you're not doing that, then you're not doing it right. Like I do know some of my friends that just send, they have PDFs and they just send them 
sitting there crying to PDS. It's like, bro, like that ain't it, bro. Well, that's the thing too, is if you look at it, how hard is it to explain a simple exercise? Like just someone simply rolling out an area or releasing a sub scap. Like it's so simple to show on video, but then trying to explain it just through words, it, mm-hmm. you're going to lose the client. You're going to lose the athlete. They're not going to be able to understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a, yeah. The video, like the hardest part about online training, especially if you're someone that actually cares, if you don't care, then I guess online training is easy. But if you care, like the hardest part is the videos. But once the videos are done, which sometimes I feel like they're never going to be done, um, once they're done, they're done. Like stuff doesn't really change unless you sort of change your ideas on a certain exercise or something. You have to reshoot it. But generally speaking, once the videos are done, they're done. And But the hardest part, if you want to get into online training, is those demos and those uh, explanation videos for sure. Um, Absolutely. So if someone's listening right now and they're like, look, man, I need to change my business model right now. I want to be able to send these things out. And, uh, you know, and they were asking you, like, what would be what would be the best way to, to go about this? Are you going to tell them to are you going to tell them that it makes more sense for them to basically take every single every single move that they have or every single mobility component, every single stretch, every single, uh, you know, every single exercise and start shooting? Or do you think that you, maybe you want to work with a, you know, a, a, a couple core exercise or a couple core cases and work from there? How would you, how would you spend your time right now doing that? Uh, if I was, if I was just starting off, number one, I would figure out who I, who I want to train because if you're going to become an online coach, you have to have a specific uh, group of people because otherwise, now, if you say I'm going to train people uh, from 10 years old all the way up to 60, well, bro, you got a lot of videos you need to shoot. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. my target is middle school and high school kids. That dwindles things down. In middle school, more so eighth grade, right? I don't really train anyone, like, lower than that, um, except for, like, two kids. But so that's the first thing, figure out who who you, who you're trying to train. And then number two – um from there you can figure out your exercise selection um what what access uh do these kids have most of these kids have have access to a local gym or their high school gym so from there that sort of tells you uh what exercises you should start to shoot initially and then once you do the assessment and you sort of know everything about the kids then you may be shooting videos uh case by case right but that's just going to build up your library because there's going to be another kid that comes that have similar issues, you know? So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say take it slow. Like, um, don't try to take in like 20 clients initially, like take like one or two, like what I did was before I started, I, I, uh, tested out on my friends first. Like I just said, yo, I, I'm, I'm trying this thing out. Cause I, I want to see like the flaws, right. Right. A whole bunch of flaws came up that I didn't even think about, um, before I even like actually started selling it right you got to give it away first um so which is i guess hard in this time because everyone's scarce for uh dollars but i would say the best way to get into online training is is to give it away first to your uh, friends and all that and people that's going to tell you the truth because some people are scared to tell you when things ain't right you know what i mean so they got to be honest actually think that do you guys think that that 
people can survive, like if they're not hurting right this moment, like let's say we're talking about they can afford for the next five weeks to, to essentially be out of work or, you know, or you're collecting whatever kind of money you're collecting for whatever you're already doing. But, you know, you're in a situation where you want to start doing online training. Do you think this is something that, like you were saying, do you, do you really think that this is something that people should be giving away? Um, well, yeah, I mean, especially if you were in-person trainer and all of a sudden you're an online trainer, like to me, that just looks crazy that it looks crazy to me as a consumer. So, um, I would just stick with your current clients and just program for them. And then maybe once things settle, then you can add in online training. But to me as a consumer, it looks kind of fishy. I'm just saying from the outside looking in, but how you feel about that, Paul? Yeah, I think if you, you know, in, in my situation had 300 plus clients, athletes walking through your doors and now they can't walk through and the doors aren't opening. It's not a obligation, but um, in a way I felt necessary to give them workouts to do, to bridge the gap right now, to let them understand what's happening and let them absorb that. But at the same time, you know, providing a workout for the next couple of weeks isn't the end of the world. So we, we need to, as a service industry, keep an eye on ourselves and our businesses, but we also need to understand that in this time, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice from every part, everybody. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people hurting. Yeah. I have no anything we could do to make the, make the climate better. You know, I, I remember I was talking with John uh, before we went online and I think one of the things that, you know, he was saying was just like, making sure that we, we don't put people in a situation where we're panicking for anything. And I think, you know, when you have your young athletes who feel like they're worried about losing strength, like Paul was bringing up, um, you know, I think it's important to be able to do things as, as, as coaches, uh, as, as mentors in some cases, you know, um, you know, sometimes we end up being people that they, they look up to, you know, to be able to just offer things like that to, and, and make sure that, you know, these kids know that like, we have their best interests at, at, at heart and, you know, that we're not really, that we, it's not, it's not about the money, you know, it's about that we want to do whatever we can do to help them. And at the same time, you know, uh, make sure that they feel like they have what they need so that, you know, if you have a kid who has some pretty lofty goals, uh, you know, to, to become an athlete for whatever, that they don't feel like they're, you know, they're missing out or they're at risk of losing something, that kind of thing. All right. Yep. Well, again, I think during these, uh, during this turbulent time, I think this was a, a, a decent, decent bunch of ideas on, you know, uh, how we feel, I guess, about, uh, about online training, giving people ideas on how they can do it. Um, and again, John, it seems like, you know, you definitely did it the right way being, um, you know, being involved on it or being involved with this, uh, you know, now for months, it seems like you really have a great platform to, to be successful with this. But I think you gave some good points, uh, especially with the assessment piece. I think that's one of the things I'm not seeing. I'm seeing a lot of people going online and, um, you know, maybe going live and, you know, doing, you know, the, the squat workout of the day or the push up workout of the day, but I don't really see them asking any questions or giving any kind of disclaimers. And I think that's, you know, it goes to show why it is, uh, you know, you're a really thorough coach. And I think a lot of people who are jumping into this, I think are jumping into the deep end without, um, you know, without, without working up to it. Yeah. Right? And I, I think, I think John hit on the head first with find your avatar find who you're targeting because 
if you're lost there, it's going to be the longest process for you. Mm-hmm. I've learned over the last three days, four days, I'm putting in two times the amount of work than I was in in-person training. You know, I had all of my stuff for my avatar set up through a system of in-person training. Now I'm almost doubling the amount of time I'm working because I'm trying to provide the online stuff. And, you know, John's ahead of it, but what he does great is that, you know, you need to show your face. You need to be in videos. The videos show you care. Anybody can put words to paper. Anybody can send an email out with do push-ups until you puke. But the, the push-up videos John showed us that were basically like ways to change it, ways to make it easier, ways to make it harder, where you should be feeling it. On the lockout, are you getting full protraction? Like that's the stuff that the athlete pays for. It's not that you prescribed a push-up. It's that mm-hmm. you taught them how to do it online. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying – hey, it's just going to get better, I think. So, you know. Hey. Yeah. I just thought you were getting tired from patting your own self on the back there. But, you know, that's why we were doing such a good job patting you too, you know. We had to, we had to build up his self-esteem, you know. All right. <laughs> By the way, guys, you know, a fun fact. John's going to pick up a bike today too. So, John's going to be, be part of the crew, man. Yeah, bro. John, we should ride somewhere, man. Bike. We should get we should we should get our own little little bike gang going. Hey guys, I, was, I have to clarify something. They they mean bicycle, not 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 a bike like a speed bike. They're talking about bicycles. Yeah, 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 man. Come on, you know it's a world. It's all about health, man, and moving around. You know what's funny? Not, nothing gets motorcycle guys. But you ever hear motorcycle guys like talk about how many miles they rode? Yeah, man. I made sure to put in uh, made sure to put in eighty miles today. You know, and you're like eighty miles. Like you sat on a motorized bike and. Went 80 miles. Like, why are we bragging about that? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh no, it's just what it is. I can see we, if you pedaled it. I'll give you credit there, man. That's a lot. We just lost all the motorcycle listeners. Right. Hey. <laughs> no, I think like, mostly it was great. Just don't brag to me about how far you went with by miles. <laughs> like, right. Just enjoy your bike, like a, man. They're saying it like it's a badge of honor. Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, I could sit on a on a motorcycle and ride eighty miles. It sounds fun. Let's do yeah. it. You know. All right. Well, I don't know. I, I think. Uh, I think again. This 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 cast was definitely about online training. Uh, I think we did a nice job covering the uh, the basics. Um, and I think you know maybe one of the biggest takeaways is um, know your avatar, as you guys were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the uh, the making sure that you have enough information before you prescribe a training session would make sense, right? Like ask questions. Um, and I think we also have to realize that uh, it might make sense for a lot of us, instead of looking at this as a money-making opportunity, it might make a lot of sense for us to just, uh, you know, be willing to uh, assist in all ways possible. And some of that might be giving programming away and putting great content up there online, which, you know, I'm seeing a lot of really good content along with some stuff that I don't, you know, I don't particularly love. So I think it's, you know, if you're going to put good content out there, I think it's great. It's just making the, uh, the environment a better place for us right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's the yap guys. Uh, this was our, uh, our quick cast, which wasn't quick at all about online <laughs> training. So for John, for Paul, it's coach Strassman saying thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned for our next one. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs>